Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. We're kicking off a new season of sorts here on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about parenting issues over the next several weeks. Woohoo! I love it. Uh, We're teaching a parenting class at the church, right? and this this podcast is going to serve as kind of a follow-up to the teaching each week. So this last weekend... Uh, the topic was obedience, teaching kids obedience. And one specific aspect of obedience Mm -hmm. that Scripture brings up for us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, is that when you teach your kids obedience, be careful to not provoke your children to anger. Right. Do not exasperate your children. Yes. And so today we want to talk about uh, some of the ways that we should just be careful as it relates to provoking your kids to anger. Yeah, it was a great list of various things about, you know, don't do these things in parenting. And we want to take it kind of thinking through our home life, what we see and what maybe some of the struggles might be. We want to hone in specifically here. Yeah, I mean, just as a parent, you can provoke your kids to anger by having exhibiting excessive control over them, being a helicopter parent, having unreasonable expectations, comparing them to other people. There there are several things you can do as a parent that that really aggravate your kids and make it difficult for them. Right. And uh, one thing that should not be on the list of this provokes your kids to anger, so you should stop, is... Uh, issuing reasonable requests mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because we, we've been parents for long enough to, to notice a pattern where, you know, sometimes maybe we, we, we do something that provokes our kids to anger that was, that was wrong on our end. But more often than not, we say something entirely reasonable, like, Hey, it's time to get ready for school or right. go do the dishes or whatever. Yeah. And their reaction is anger. So in that instance, did we provoke our kids to anger? Are, are we are we in violation of scripture by issuing right. reasonable commands? What what should we do about this? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's it's the topic. One, it's one thing to say, you give some re- unrealistic expectation that you know your little kid they just can't do it. They're physically not able, and you're like, you've got to do it, or whatever. Yeah. And then it's another thing to look at your little kid and say, pick up your trash and put it in the trash can, and they can yeah. physically pick it up and throw it away. Yeah. And you've said we need to you know, be responsible and clean up after ourselves, and then you tell them to pick up their trash, and they, what? I don't and want to, and they're mad. Yeah. You can't tell me what to do, or whatever. You know, they throw a fit, they whine. Yeah, that is not provoking your children to anger because you're saying, here's something I require you to do. It fits what it, you can handle. It makes sense. It's logical. It's what we've established in our home, and yet you're still angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess we want to make the point here mm-hmm. first that issuing a reasonable request at the right time yeah. and having your kids respond with anger does not fall into the category of provoking your kids to anger that, that Paul has in mind when he says, don't do that in right. Ephesians chapter 6. Right. We, we don't think that you've done something wrong and you need to repent and you're a bad parent. Right. <laughs> but if you uh, issue reasonable uh, commands or requests for your kids right, and they get upset. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we need to do about it? So I guess we're saying understand that this is a different category mm-hmm. and don't let them get away with establishing the terms. Ooh. So if we're not careful here, 
we can end up as parents just catering to our kids' wants and demands. Yes. And they now sit in the driver's seat and dictate what things you can tell them to do and what things you cannot tell them to do by either getting angry or not getting angry in response. So yeah. we, we can't let that sort of shift occur where mm-hmm. they become in charge and uh, decision makers right. about what you decide to do as a parent. And it can be, it, I think it can be really tempting if you notice your son or your daughter does get angry every time you require them to pick up their toys outside or go clean their room or when you ask them to put their shoes away in the shoe bin and there's a place for the shoes and but you notice every time you ask them they are mad they don't like it they they vent their anger they're frustrated they show you and it I think it is tempting as a parent to think oh if I just put the shoes away myself yeah then I don't have to deal with this I don't have to battle this but then You've just said, oh, they're angry. They don't like it. Rather than dealing with their response, you've just adjusted. And and often I see parents just end up putting more and more on their own plates. That's right. Because they kind of almost want to, well, I don't want to make that hard on them. Or I don't want to deal with that situation again. I'm just going to do it. It's just easier if I do it. And I don't think that's good or wise in preparing them to obey or be independent or do hard things. You know, the list goes on. Yeah, you might make the problem worse in the name of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, by saying, I don't want to provoke my kids to anger, so I won't ask them to do that anymore. Well, it's actually a, a problem on their end. Yes. It's, it's another form of disobedience. Right. It's another form of a bad attitude, and so let's not cater to it. Let's not allow them to get away with that. Mm-hmm. But instead, let's we have to shut that down. Yeah. So I think that's just step number one here is identifying there's kind of a nuance to this that we have to be careful about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think you can see that a lot out in the world's parenting right now. Um, a lot of questions. Would you like to do this? Mm-hmm. Would you like to put your shoes on right now? And, and it's almost like if you do, that's great. If you don't, okay, um, I'll just, we'll do something different or maybe I'll put your shoes on or we don't have to do it right now. So it's very much just letting the child lead you wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. And if so not that really they don't the get mood, angry. Yeah, so they're not upset. And if you're, they're not in the mood for things, let's just do something different. Let's address that later. Let's, let's wait till they're happy about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, you're enabling selfishness. Right. You know, in that instance that you just described. And then I think also this could just be, uh, it's another form of disobedience. Yeah. You're you're not obeying mm-hmm. because you're getting angry at, instead of doing what we said to do right away with a good heart. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So it's disobedience. Yeah. So we need to not tolerate that. Now, that being said, as adults, as parents who right. know our kids well... I think we can bring a layer of wisdom to this equation and say, in some instances, actually in in all instances, you you should take your kids' circumstances Mm -hmm. into consideration. Yeah. So maybe there's an entirely reasonable request like, hey, go and pick up that piece of trash. But you know that your kid is having a a problem, they're super tired, their leg hurts, whatever. Uh, you're in tune with them. Yes. And so maybe you alter your expectations or your requests, your, your commands to them based on the circumstances. 
yes. out of love for them, out of consideration to not provoke them to anger. You could issue a reasonable request, but instead you do something different. I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's wise parenting. Yeah. I think you helped me a lot with this. Just recently, our kids got home from school and I was noticing a lot of bad attitudes and anger because I... They would be, you know, we'd pick them up from school, get home, and I come in like a drill sergeant, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> All right, you got to do your Awana Bible verse, you got homework, yeah. everyone has to practice piano, and you got to get sweat time today, and, and then whatever other chore. So I've got this list of things for them to do. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, whoa, mom, <laughs> whoa, turbo. Yeah. I mean, they don't say this, but they're, they're getting agitated. And I, I remember coming to you and saying, hey, hubby, I'm having this, this issue, like every day after school. And I don't know why I was blind to it a little bit, but you, you kind of pointed out, well, maybe they just need like a snack and a bit of rest before they go on to their next tasks. Mm-hmm. They're kids. They've been out all day. They're coming home. Maybe they want to kick their shoes off, sit and rest, chat have their snack before the list comes. Mm -hmm. And honestly, a 30-minute period of time where Mm -hmm. it's restful has changed those attitudes so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that was like, oh, duh. I mean, a little bit, but but I didn't. I wasn't really seeing it. I was just saying, we've got these things to do. I want them to do it. They're all reasonable things, and we still get them done. But we've made an adjustment because we've known what our kids' needs are. We've looked at them. We've seen a pattern. We've wondered, could I change something that would just be helpful? in this circumstance. Yeah, I think that's really good. So you are being wise and you are being loving by seeing where they're at mm-hmm. and issuing reasonable requests based on where they're at. Right. That's that's good. That's a good practice. And could could you go in and say, hey, here's the plan for today? Yeah. It, yes, you could. Yes. And if they responded poorly... I think that's on them. That's not on right, you. Right. Okay. I don't think you've provoked your kids to anger in that instance. But c- could you change the plan a little bit based on where they're at? And would that be a nice and loving thing to do? Yes. I think so. Yeah. And there's days when I say, I know you usually get a break, but we can't. That break is going to come later today. Mm-hmm. And I explain why. And, you know, usually the oldest, the preteen, has questions and whatever, you know, a little bit more discussion with that. But, hey, I, I know you like that rest break. Today we, we can't do it, and I still need you to have a positive attitude about it. Totally. And I'm prepping them. I'm telling them as we drive home. They know it's like, boom, we got to kind of race today because there's other things, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's I want to be flexible, but I also can still say this is a reasonable request, and you do need to obey. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess another thing to add to this mm-hmm. is make sure if you're going to tell them to do something, instruct them, uh, make sure you've trained them and equipped them to do that thing. Yes. So it's very reasonable for you to say, hey, pick up that trash and throw it in the trash can. Now, in, in saying that's reasonable, I'm assuming that you've taught them what trash is. and (laughs) what a trash can is and where Where in the house the trash can is located, right? If not, then it's not really a reasonable request to say, hey, pick up the trash and throw it away. They they don't even know what you're talking about. So that's a little tiny example, but obviously you can amplify that to high schoolers or, you know, kids of various ages to say, issue these reasonable uh, commands to your kids and make sure that you've done the hard work of equipping them to execute those things well. 
Yeah, we love these little training sessions at home. You and I like, you know, I mean, I don't know if the kids love them. <laughs> no, they don't. But wh- I think what we've noticed is if we have some sort of expectation, and sometimes it's happened because, you know, it's gone poorly last time, and we're like, ooh, we haven't really trained them. And so now we need to see this is an area we need to train them. Yeah. Other times we are looking ahead and we're saying, hey, we go over to people's houses a lot. What do What are our expectations when we're there? Or we have people in our home a lot. I can't just be looking at them saying the adults are talking, you know, go play with the other kids if I haven't really talked about that and trains them yeah. to do that, right? And I just even think of like a church during the fellowship hour maybe. Um, you want your kids not to interrupt you. You're talking. You really need to connect or you see someone from your small group, whatever. And so you're getting frustrated because a kid's coming up, mom, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> poking you and talking to you. But you haven't, you said, stop interrupting. Don't interrupt me. I mean, I realized that when Aaron the other day called it rupting, you know, he didn't, <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> interrupting. Yeah. And he said, um, I, I was reviewing as on my way somewhere. And I said to you, I said to little Aaron, our four-year-old, hey, remember when I'm meeting with someone, what are the things I need to do? Do you remember anything that we've taught you? And he said, don't ask too many questions. And then he said, nice. no rupting. And yep. I was like, yep. yeah. But because we've practiced that at home, we've talked about it. I've showed him what it looks like. I've pointed out at home in our family context what we want him to do. And he did a really good job because there was training there. But in the moment of I just stop interrupting, stop interrupting, don't mm-hmm. interrupt me. That's not really setting them up for success. And it's really aggravating to you as the parent. Yeah. So I think the training is huge. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, you said that maybe the kids don't love these things. Sometimes we do have <laughs> we fun with it. We can make it We're, fun. You know, we've done like afraid of the dark training yeah. with them. Yeah. And we, we try to turn it into like a fun time. Totally. Or we're practicing or like someone knocks on the door. One of the kids runs out and knocks on the door. Let's yes. practice answering the door. Stuff like that. Right. Right. So... Yeah, let's, yeah, you let's, make it fun. You do. Let's create these little <laughs> contexts where we're teaching and equipping our kids yeah. with little stuff, right? So that later we can teach, we, we can expect them um, to do what what we want them to do. Yeah, and in the moment, you can say, "Remember, we practice this. Yeah, you're not doing what we ask you to do here, and you can refer them to a scenario that's not in the heat of the moment, and they can hopefully remember. Oh, yeah, at home last night, or this morning, or this week, we worked on these things." Remember what mommy wants you to do. And that usually my kids kind of go, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, there it is. It kind of clicked. This is the situation we've been practicing yep. for. So, yeah. Totally. And the last thing that we'll put on the list here mm-hmm. is to just check with your spouse. Maybe yeah. as a, a last step or first step anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. It's like just check and talk with your spouse and say, hey, am I being unreasonable here? Or is this like. Yeah. Am I provoking them to anger with that when I'm saying them to do this? You know, what, what do you think? And just have that conversation, hear another perspective, and I think that's always helpful. Yeah, you really helped me with this because I will just kind of relay some events of the day. And you being a man is really helpful with the boys, too, sometimes. I'm just like, look, the boys are doing this you know, wrestling. <laughs> is this okay? Um, should I ask them to stop? Where? I mean, I, I just like 
I don't always know, especially with the boys. And sometimes even with the girls, your perspective as you watch me interact with them, too, is really good. Because you say, well, I can kind of see, babe. You know, you say this loving, super gently. Mm-hmm. But I can kind of see, babe, this might be hard for them because you you do it in this way or you say it in this way or whatever. And then I, have to, I need to be able to listen to you and not get offended and just think, okay, we're doing this as a team. You have a different perspective. And it's really helpful for me to ask because I can make adjustments based on what you see ideas you have, mm-hmm. especially with the boys stuff. I mean, boys are just yeah crazy. Let the boys wrestle. <laughs> Let the boys be boys, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, this is a tricky subject, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that we always need to uh, just evaluate. Yeah. How, how are we doing with this? Are, are, where are we provoking our kids to anger? There's not a lot of specific demands in Scripture to parents, mm-hmm. not, not a lot of specific instruction, yet this is one. Yeah. This is one thing that the Bible specifically says, fathers, and included in that I think is mothers. Yeah. Do not provoke your kids to anger. Right. Instead, bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Right. It's a great thing to evaluate and ask questions and ask other Christians to help you along with that as you get stuck. Um, well, I hope this was great and helpful and get you some training <laughs> this week. That's we'll, right. We'll talk to you next time. All right. See ya. Bye.